Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I am joined only by Ham. Yep. Uh, Bertie is potentially going to be here tonight. He's just waiting on a bus after all of his car issues from last week. Um, so we'll jump straight into the reviews. First grade, Bunnies 26, Eels 20, Triscorers Gutherson, Hayne and Michael Jennings. Um, what would you make of that, Ham? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the first half? At least. <laughs> yeah, talk about the first half. Um, yeah, so, you know, we played, we just completely dominated them, you know, just, we were playing sets, we were, complete, we were completing sets, we were playing percentages, kicking into the in goal, um, and then when they had their place, uh, Sin Bind, I thought that's when we turned it on, that was a nice pass from uh, Terrapo to Hain. I would have liked to see him um, put the arms out, though, for the plane, but... Didn't come out this week, although I yeah, I was pre- thinking that when um when I was you you was kept saying you want the the plane to come out, but no. no. Um, I thought it might have happened in the second half when he took that intercept, but um, can you just clarify something for me? Um, with that, Hayne puts his arm out and is bringing the ball back towards him, and it touches the South player's hand. To me, that's not a knock on, yeah, because he's for- pulling it back towards him, so. Yeah, I, I do get your, your, what, what you're saying, but uh, unfortunately, in this circumstance, the interpretation always is if the ball does go into an opposition player, regardless of if it appears to be going straight down or even backwards, it's always ruled as a knock-on. It just seems weird that, you know, it, it didn't really have an effect on what happened in, in the in the play. Hayne took the intercept and ran 90 metres to score, and the, the um, stupid thing is if he goes down takes a voluntary tackle, you know, we could score on the next play and they can't say anything about it. I think that's where, you know, an issue is with the viewing uh, video review system. Uh, well, I've had that issue since, well, at least well, a while now, but at least since last year. If you remember, one of the, well, the NRL put out their hit of the year, which was Nathan Brown. I think it was Dylan Napa, and he absolutely clocked Napa. But he was going to the tackle and Napa was going to offload and yeah. just incidental contact on the ball was ruled to be, you know, a knock on by R six again, even though it was the tackle of the season. Um and I just think, yeah, where where there's incidental contact, I think you've sort of got a, but I guess that'd just make more grey area. I don't yeah, know. just and then but then, you know, they they force themselves into grey area between that and then um a charge down where you're actually putting your hands up to play at the ball goes forward, but you can then pick that up too. So, you know, it's just inconsistencies across across all rules in the NRL and some seem to contradict each other. And um, it seems like there's a big um, talk about that at the moment with... <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. I've, I'm not doing it. An NRL boycott, which is, I think is a bit silly. <laughs> yeah, count um, me out. Yeah, but, you know, the, the referee... It was disappointing. Um, you know, you, when I was at the game, I thought Souths were, again, every team, um, because we don't try and uh, force the issue, I think a lot of teams are able to lay on us in the ruck, and I thought Souths were able to exploit that in the first half. And yes, we did um, go into the halftime break with an 8-3 penalty count, but um, I thought for the most part that was justified. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden in the second half, seemed like every every call didn't matter whether it was 50-50 didn't matter if it was obvious um it just seemed to go the south way and I'm not going to blame that because with the amount of ball that we had in the first half we should have been able to put on more points than we did and you know we should have been able to close the game but it's hard to win games when um the the referees are making it more difficult for teams so. And as we've said a number of times, it's something we thrived off last year. But of course, just didn't ha- it's a lack of, I think, leadership or or plays from your dominant players or your your spine players this year, which just hasn't been there. Um, where I think last year we were able to win those tight games, and usually things even up. You win, you usually win about fifty percent. But as we've touched on, and my favourite stat, nine games where we've scored the same amount of tries as our opposition and lost. Uh, so it's coming down to those clutch moments and just not finding it. And again, yeah. this week, a spine player in Norman getting himself binned, um, not good enough. No. Um, and also go back to same tries and everything. I don't think our goal kicking um, until the sort of recently has been at its best. So, you know, a few of those games where we have missed a few goals or 
um, you know, opposition took penalty goals and we either didn't have the chance to or we didn't because we were too far away from them at the time. Um, you know, so really, I don't think we're too far away from the rest. Because even if we win half of them, uh, what's that put us on? 22 points? No. I can't So wait. you say 4, 8, 8, 16, plus, yeah, 20 points. Yeah. So, four you know, and a half wins, but let's just say four. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that sort of puts, puts us in contention for the eight leading up to the finals. Um, whereas last year, that's we were winning those games and we won sort of eight out of ten or eight out of nine of them. And that's why we finished fourth. So, you know, I don't think we're too far off. If, um, you know, it's just a few things, a few errors here and there, a few penalties here and there. Uh, as you said, a lack of leadership, um, possibly, potentially, I don't really know. Because injuries, I'm not out there. definitely injuries. Yep. How many's on the list this week? Yeah. Oh, sorry, that spirals out a bit more. Um, but uh, having said that, that opens up opportunity for some of these younger players to come in. Murata being um, one of them. Reed Marnie, right. of course, got a very big stint. And oh. uh, speaking about some positives, I think uh, yeah, there was a bit of Twitter reaction after I posted um, uh, a bit of love for Reed after that game. Uh, Cash money fam delivering <laughs> 40, 40's trademark that one so uh, make sure you're paying some rights to, to, to 40 when you're using cash money fam um, but yeah he had a fantastic game I, re- I really liked uh, Reed Money's uh, involvement and it seemed um, you know people could say Souths were off in that first half um, but especially Reed Money and to a lesser extent Tim Manor they absolutely hounded the Souths halves and absolutely destroyed their kicking game in that first half. And I thought when we sort of got a bit gassed in that second half, we weren't uh, after the kicker as hard. Um, and that's you know that just comes down to fatigue and and having two blokes on the um, bench, one being Kaiser out for the whole game, and then um, of course uh, Alvaro was out for a, an extended period with a head assessment too. Um, but I thought. Yeah, Reed Marnie, he was just like a little terrier, a little whippet going after um, all the, the the South kickers in that first half. And also, he put on a couple of good head, hits against the Burgi, or the yeah. Burgesses. But yeah, he's, um, I think he's, I, he's even surprised myself. I've seen him play the past couple of years in flag. He's just sort of um, stepped up, and uh, I think he has shown that at the moment, even though, even though he's only 20 years old, he's probably the best dummy half we have at the club. Um yeah, huge, huge effort from him. I think uh, we seem to step up a gear when he's playing, and unfortunately, because he is only nineteen, turning twenty, um, he does probably doesn't have the the uh, the fitness levels required. But if I think you you know give him a, a preseason or two, um, or maybe two preseasons, we'll call it. Um, you know, he definitely could be an eighty minute player, and that's where you know it'll be a massive um, advantage come that time. Because the NRL, I believe, is thinking about putting um, it down to six interchanges. So, you know, having an yeah, I think player. that's a bit silly. I don't know if they'll get that through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, you know, there's still talk of it. So having that 80-minute hooker at any stage, um, you know, it really helps having him there and the way he's come on. He's only played four games and uh, definitely making a name for himself. And also a couple of other players that had um, good involvement. Jared Hayne, of course, you touched on with his uh, uh, flat ball from Terrapo straight through the middle. Um, I thought he was very good in the first half, but he sort of drifted out in the second half. And being Jared Hayne, he's always going to be um, up for greater um, discussion and probably reprimand than the majority of other players in the competition. Um, but there was a period there in the second half where we were working really hard to ruck it out of our own end, and he was in the background getting his shoe fixed up. I thought that was um, a bit let down. I don't know if you caught that from live from the game. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that, um, you know, we're up on level four. I, th- I think, you know, it's, you know, in a way, it is disappointing um, in that sense. But, you know, you see some of those shoes that they have. <laughs> like, it, it all depends what was wrong with it. You got Sometimes you have to get the tape off if, they're, if they tape them up. or So, you know, it's not, not ideal, but you know, it's you can't. I died. Yeah, I I don't think it's that. Um, gr- uh, there's other, there's twelve other players here that can ruck the ball out. So, um, I'm not really concerned. If it was happening every game and he hadn't really done much, I might say, oh, well, you know, pick your socks up a little bit. But 
um, considering what he had done in the first half and up to that point. It's so I can let him go for it. All right, well, um, just waiting for this to load, but I'll jump into some of the stats from the game. Uh, Birdies uh, had some trouble on the bus <laughs> without his car. <laughs> um, Is that all so every- on the bus? Or? <laughs> Everybody pray for him. Well, he's, <laughs> he's obviously on the Tigers bus, which is uh, on fire at the moment. Um, so we touched on try scorers. One, Clint Gutherson. Uh, two, Jared Hayne. Three, Michael Jennings. Uh, Moses, three from three conversions. One from one penalty goal. We finally used the penalty goal, Ham, and uh, it, it doesn't come off. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the time, I think I was... Even I was shouting, take the two. Um, you know, hindsight and everything. I, th- you know, we might have been able to... Although, that's when Burgess complained. So, and that's when every call went their way. So, I doubt that um, we been, would have been allowed to cross the line there. But... You know, with the way that they're officiating and everything, I'm not sure um, if they would. Would a second sin bidding come into it if they gave away another penalty or, um, you know, whatever? Would would they, would they actually do it? Uh, so, I haven't know, seen it happen yet, so... <laughs> yeah, it, I think it'd be highly unlikely because, you know, they put the one in the bin and then, you know, if, if it's in the first half, they sort of look to square it up in the second um, to put the opposition... Uh, an opposition player in the bin. But... You know, two points and the way we were playing, um, hindsight says we probably should have gone for a try or at least put um, more pressure on the South's line and, you know, that might have fatigued them a little bit more. But at the time, even I was screaming for the two and I hate taking the two, so there you go. Yeah, I thought it was the right call at the same time. And and just touching on that, um, I think the NRL, or at least the um, officiating, needs to move past this point of having to have an even or close to even penalty count at the end of the game. Um, that's not what they're there to do, but obviously that's the current mantra. Um, they need to be stop worrying so much about what's going to be written about them in the paper. It doesn't matter if they do their job well or not. They're going to get written about in the paper for deciding matches or whatnot. Um, they should just referee as they see it as opposed to having these uh, agenda where they've got to have a tip sheet, they've got a referee, they've got, uh, you know, not only the two officials in the middle um, plus the sideline officials, but they've also got uh, a match as well in their earpiece telling them what to do. Um, I I think, yeah, they need to scrap some of that and go back to a sort of simpler refereeing methodology where you're refereeing as you're seeing it. Maybe you've got one or two things on the tip sheet. Um, But I think we saw in Origin 1 this year how how officiating really should be done in the NRL. Um, So it doesn't... It's it's not a fairness test. Uh, One one, one team can give away uh, more penalties than the other. One team can be looser than the other. Um, It's not a referee's job to square up that ledger at the end of the day. Oh, and I was going to bring up that point you made uh, about the media. Um, you know, as you said, they're always going to be written about uh, deciding games. So really, there's no point. You just just call it as you see it. And if and I think um, I read it online somewhere recently where if you don't know, just let it, just let it play on. You know. Yeah, no and that's call. right. And I th- I think that comes into play with that Terrapo call where um, oh, you know. Yeah. There was no decision until Burgess carried on like a pork chop, and if there if there was to have been a loose carry there, I think Burgess's arm was all in and all over that ball, so it should have really gone a strip. But you know, the the one that really confused me um, was late in the game, the escort penalty. Um, yeah, on yep, Norman. On, yeah, it was on Norman. Now, yeah, I want some clarification on that as well because. A, uh, the bunker can't intervene in that circumstance unless it's a reportable offence. Obviously, it's not a reportable offence, so where did they get the tip-off from? Yeah, and because every referee on the field was ready to just let us play the ball. So, I, yeah, I don't see um, where where that penalty come from, especially when, as you said, bunker's not allowed to intervene unless it's a reportable offence, and I haven't seen um, any... <laughs> any uh, escorts reported, and if there were, Dane Gagai would have had a fair few of them uh, for yeah, earlier in the not match. Wrong. Mm. Yes, blatantly shouldering people out of the way. Um, all right, let's jump into the stats. Uh, again, good completion rate, 86%, but it, we were let down with um, just not having the ball in that second half. Um, you know, penalties, uh, repeat sets, etc., just worked against us. So the final possession rate was 56 to 44. 
Um, all runs, 153 to 162 uh, in South's favour. We still made almost 1,300 metres, so we weren't too far off the pace. 50 less post-contact metres. Now, we really got let down in line breaks, which was 2 to 7. Um, tackle breaks, 26 to 42 again, um, down on that. And uh, then moving into the kicking game, uh, we again had a really good kicking game, I thought, this game. Uh, 500 to 211 and we forced four dropouts to nil. So uh, creating chances but not finishing them off, um, which is a bit bit of a shame. Um, and that's what I came back to. I thought we really pressured Reynolds and um, yeah, and his kicking uh, partner in the first half, but sort of went away from that. And I thought Seabold played his bench extremely well in this game. Um, he sort of let us get those... Well, not let us, but he didn't interchange... Uh, when we had that string of possession, and then in the from the 60-minute mark, you can see it was a definite strategy to bring on. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name that guy that's been around forever for the Souths. Um, what's that prop's Clark. name? Clark, and um, then also Lebanon legend Adam Dewey or Dwayhe. Um I'm not quite sure what the pronunciation is, but it's one of the two. And I won't rip on. Um, BA for his bench management because he was obviously hindered by Kaza going down in the first 10 minutes and then by head knocks so there's not much you can do in those circumstances. It was a shame um, I'm a really big fan of Kaza because he always puts in 100% uh, in everything he does if not more if that's possible Um, Well 110% is possible. It is so there you go. I think Kaza always does that um, comparative to his size. He just and it's such a shame that um, you know, first 10 minutes, especially after the way he was playing earlier in the year and then he got injured again. Um, you know, I really think that he could have been... It could have been. It could have made a difference to our, to our um, fortunes later on. I think Kays is a little bit nippier around the ruck than um, Marnie. Um, and, you know, Marnie would have been absolutely fatigued to play. It was the longest he's ever played. So, um, And only his fourth game. So just, you know, an extra... 20 minutes, extra 30 minutes um, from Kayser, I think would have been a huge help. And I just wanted, last two things before we move off this game, I wanted to flag uh, one was Takarangi in the centres. Obviously, he's been shifted this week. Um, but that flying in defence, and I know Hayne will get hung out to dry for coming up to try and make those intercepts later in the game, which led to two Campbell tries. Um, but <laughs> I think the blame can more be attributed to Takarangi for playing so up and in, sort of left Hayne in a precarious position. Either he comes in and tries to take the intercept, or he gets left with a two-on-one. So Yeah, and um, you know, wingers will always get chastised for, you know, not staying on their wing, but when you actually watch it, for the most part, a lot of centers do come up and in, and you know if if the wing is coming up and in, that's good communication in my opinion. It's when they stay back, and that's when the two on one happens. That's bad communication there. So, um, but yeah, we've got to also remember, Hayne was the intercept king when he first came into grade. I remember, you know, he'd get one one a game. So, um, I actually liked. Um, I'm not sure how you felt about it. But, um, you know, for the first couple of minutes, first couple of sets there, we were playing Gutherson at fullback in attack. And then after a while, we swapped Hayne. Um, he was playing fullback in attack. I just, what did you, I, I really, really liked it because um, he doesn't have to run as much. Uh, Hayne on the wing when he's defending, so he doesn't have to cover the entire backfield. He just sort of has to drop back for kick returns. Um, he reads the game so well in defense, so I think that's where you know, his intercept comes into it and everything. And then, obviously, an attack has got more um, energy to attack. What did you think of the... Uh... It's harder to make out on TV than it is at the ground. Um, yeah. But I only saw it on a couple of occasions in that first half. But, yeah, certainly having... Um, I think that's something we need to push forward and, and hopefully we can have a bit more cohesiveness with injuries next year. Um, but even pushing Bevan French in that role to sort of play up and in the middle as well and just sort of rotating those three at the back would... I, th- I think that's a good plan moving forward um, because we've played a lot of block-block bullshit this year. Um, it'd be nice to throw something a bit different at the opposition and, you know, create a bit of uh, doubt in the minds and you're thinking, well, Haynes meant to be over on his left wing. Wait a minute, he's popped up here on the right to throw that that, that ball to French for a try or something like that. I think that that's definitely something that can work to our advantage uh, if used correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's wrap that up. Unfortunately, another game where we've led and uh, dropped uh, the ball. Um, so what does that make? Panthers, uh, Panthers, 
Dragons, Knights, South now. <laughs> we yeah. almost did against the Bulldogs, but managed to, to hold on. Um, so, unfortunately, a loss there. But moving on to a win, which was Wentworthville. Uh, 18 to the Newcastle Knights, 16. Uh, so, try scorers Hayes Dunster, who you've got a bit of a rap on. Um, Arana Tamata and DeLewis also got a try and three from three conversions. Uh, now, the New South Wales Live uh, RL app had us on 16 points apiece for a long period of time, and then it just auto-updated after the Knights' last uh, try to 18-16. So, <laughs> um, getting a win there. Did you, um, did you catch the highlights of that one? Uh, no, I haven't actually sat down and watched the highlights as yet. That's probably okay. something I should um, do. You run it through us. But yeah, so our tries, um, the first one to Hayes Dunster, I think a very good lead-up work by Dylan Brown, who sort of um, goes right into the line and then throws a cutout pass. Um, the other two, DeLewis just sort of crashes over and then Tamada was um, off and offload and then he just went straight through the middle of the defence. Um, the thing I wanted to point out, though, was... Uh, defensively for Wentworthville. I know there's been a lot of talk um, recently about bringing Greg Lissiwau into the team because, you know, it's the end of this season, our season's over, so we've got to try something. Um, he really needs to work on his defence. I thought there was a few times there, and I, I know I said before, for the most part, it's your centre coming in and everything, but... To me, it just seems, and at Wenty last week, it seems Greg doesn't know where to position himself. He sort of sits in no man's land, especially when it's, you know, supposed to be man on man. He sort of sits right on his centre's shoulder, so um, just sort of leaves a winger open. And even in that grade, uh, they're getting past him. So the uh, better readers of the game, the faster players, obviously in first grade, are going to have a lot of opportunity against him. Um, so you know, not all hope is lost with him. He's only 21 years old um, I just think that uh, a debut in first grade this year at least uh, would be way too soon way too and probably that comes back to having the right coaching environment in that Wentworthville setup um, yeah. because I think that's been <laughs> um, certainly a legitimate criticism of some of our wingers coming through the grade um, in recent years so um, perhaps when you need to fix up that sort of system there and, and another thing I'd like to point out is um, I believe Oregon Kafusi. Um, got player's player. Uh, he ran for 150 metres off 12 runs, made 53 tackles, played 80 minutes. Um, and he's back playing 20 this week because Wentworth Phil have the bye. So um, that easily the best um, game from the prop turn second row, so good on him. And I noticed you and um, uh, Mitch were having some discussions in the Discord. Um, perhaps... The Eels still see his long-term future as in the, the forward rotation and, and playing him in second role is sort of an easing in phase or not quite sure? Yeah, um, that's sort of the first I'd heard of it. Uh, seems a little bit odd to me because um, I think Oregon's got a pretty good work rate. Um, his numbers don't really show it in ISP this year, but I think that's being a 19-year-old forward moving up. You know, There's obviously going to be a bit of um, easing in period so to say. So I, I'm unsure about it, but if the club if the club wants to do that and that you know, they see him a lot more than I'd only I only see him maybe once a month now, so um I don't really know if they think that's better for him, if they, if they think that's better for his development and progress into first grade. Um then yeah, go for it. I th- yeah. I th- I'm not sure if his future is in the in on the edge just because the way he runs and the way he defends, I think he's definitely more of a of a middle player that sort of relies on pack tackling, um, just sort of goes in after a strong hit up, gets a quick play of the ball, makes a lot of uh, post-contact metres. Um, so yeah, the way he plays is more like a prop, but if they think he's, um, you know, start him off on an edge and see how he can do, it's a good... Um, good uh, plan to play him off the bench that way he can play both edge and right, jumping into the flag Knights 38 Eels 24 try scorers Okla Denikov uh, Atui Kamanu Key and Tuamala unfortunately with uh what is it I think 12 different players from <laughs> yeah. um, from the start of the season uh, yeah. 
just not enough to get over the first place Knights. Um, but they did keep them in check for a long period of time, but just uh, got run over in the last little bit. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing because, um, you know, you don't want to lose, but it's a really good effort from them. Um, yeah, there's six players, I think, five or six players I counted that I'd sort of put in my in, in the top 17 um, with all the other players back, uh, whether that through be through injury or uh, promotion to reserve grade or firsts. Um, but one player I want to point out again is uh, John Fanua. He's really stepped up in the absence of Sam and Brown, Taipari and Marnie, playing a really good playmaking role that I saw in the highlights there. So, um, yeah, good on him, especially from, you know, he started off the season injured and um, played bit, played uh, all, all on the wing last year. Had a bit of um, problems with some errors here and there. Um, so, yeah, it looks like he's on the, on the right path. And he's still only 19, so he's still got another year there. And that's it. That's at fullback for Fenua, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't we have another first choice fullback who's injured at the moment for under twenties? I might be mistaken. No, he, he would have been the first choice. Oh no, I'm I'm thinking of the um the the is it the yes no the Harold Matts fullback who who got him his leg broken. Ah, uh, yeah, Tupolotu. Yeah, Tupolotu. Okay. All right. My apologies. Uh, other games were Shield Asquith. Beat the Owls fifty to twenty-four, um, and then there was buys for the Ron Massey Cup, and also buys for Wenty in the Shield. So let's jump into a bit of news. Uh, if we need any more. Um, Evidence that this season is cursed. <laughs> um, some Eels players and uh, NRL staff from the Eels came down with boils <laughs> from a potential staff uh, staff infection. <laughs> um, so uh, apparently, it started off with other R, um, and then uh, everybody sort of got quarantined a bit. But it hasn't spread through through the um, the the playing group. Um, but they've all been swabbed for boils. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> at least um, that is ruining the salary cap. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I dropped out. I was going to say um, that you're on the um, the bandwagon for the center of excellence, um, oh. and given that it was uh, a partial contribution, apparently from our um, demountable training facility, uh, perhaps that should be sort of uh, definitely looked at. Another feather in the cap of that argument, <laughs> and especially uh, when I go down to the gym. Um, when you look at me, you probably don't think, oh, bunny, oh, he doesn't go to the gym. Um, you have uh, disinfectant wipes there, so you know maybe maybe um, Max should be spending a little bit more on disinfectant wipes, or I don't, I don't know how boils come about. <laughs> maybe they just don't bring their towels. Maybe. maybe they just leave that, leave them all nice and sweaty in the machines. <laughs> well, I, I remember the uh, demandables I had in primary school and high school, and they wouldn't want to work out in one of them. <laughs> no, not at all, and especially oh gosh. Remember, remember the change rooms? They were just infested with links. Oh god, you couldn't even breathe. <laughs> links, uh, what was it? Phoenix, I think. Oh, Phoenix. Yeah, that was just as bad. What do they call it? They call it Axe over in in the states. Yeah, yeah it's just for all uh, American listeners there. That's a good reference. <laughs> um, or next bit of news was NRL player agents have escaped unscathed but for one who's had a please explain from the Eels uh, salary cap dramas so uh, no no real change on that front player agents unscathed they can yeah. do what they want yeah <laughs> not, un- unsurprising <laughs> very unsurprising considering who is the N- uh, the CEO of the NRL at the moment <laughs> and uh, all the skeletons <laughs> in that closet so um all right, um, <laughs> Blue and Gold Army Player of the Year. If you haven't seen that or got your email, if you're a Eels member, you can vote. Um, my vote's going to go to uh, our man, Dan Alvaro, the Polar Express, unfortunately picking up an injury. Um, he was the last remaining Eels player who had played every game this season. Uh, now that falls down to a sum total of zero players to have played every game. Um, I was going to go Kenny Edwards, just because I missed the Kenny Cramp. Um, no, nah, I'll definitely go Danny Alvaro there. He's just been definitely um, improved a lot this year, Danny. And he always tries his best, always tries his hardest, never never let his teammates down. Yeah, there's a big stat to come out. Um, so 
Uh, I was just reading it before, just one second, I'll get it up. So, we've made more tackles than any other team in the competition, 6,761 this season. Of those 6,761, Dan Alvaro has racked up 748 tackles, so he contributes for over 10% of our tackle count. <laughs> That's an extraordinary if, statistic. If there's, um, <laughs> if there's any other reason why you should be voting for him, there's it. And I've seen, apparently people want him to be dropped. Yeah, nah. Have it. Open your eyes. And can I just say, he's been a um, uh, a fantasy pod this year. I brought him in early, um, but now I'll have to get rid of him, unfortunately, in the, the run to the finals because he'll be injured for a large part of it. Um, but great value for the Polar Express this year, uh, both in fantasy and on the field, and hopefully a quick recovery so we can see him finish out the season on his terms. And he needs to be signed up for another year again because I know he only signed up for one year for 2020, I think it is. You. He's, he's signed for 2019, um, but I assume they're going to offer him another deal f- beyond that. But he seems to be um, on a on a uh, a mission to prove himself every year before <laughs> he re-signs, and he probably gets upgraded every time as well. So, <laughs> hey, you um, know, if that's what works for him, that's what he wants. Well, then go for it. I'd like to extend him for longer because I think he's definitely someone you can have just around the good culture at the club. Always puts in extras. Always puts in around. He just seems like a nice person. Yeah, definitely. No, I met him at the Fans Day and, um, you know, they'd done most of their stuff and everybody's getting ready to go and then just came up to Polar, asked for a signature and a photo and uh, he was quite happy to do that, even though I think he had family or extended family around him as well. So, um, certainly one of the young kids and and I think he's doing an engineering degree as well. Um, Certainly uh, a smart man uh, away from the football field. So, um, all power to the Polar Express and again, hopefully we see him back on the field quite shortly. Um, then the last bit of news that came out late just today, so it's not on our tip sheet, but uh, the 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 story about Hayne having a mystery stomach illness, um, where he revealed an unset stomach. Uh, sorry, he revealed an upset stomach was at the centre of his lethargic start. To the, well, he was injured the whole year, so <laughs> I don't know how that's um, sporting news for you, everybody. Um, but anyway, uh, apparently he's had some mystery illness which uh, required minor surgeries and a total overhaul of his diet. Um, so um, after that, it sort of helped him get back on track. Um, if I was you, Hayne, I'd be looking at glandular fever. I caught that back in 2016, and I'm still still friggin' uh, floored with that thing. Um, it just completely knocks you off your feet. Um, and at the time, I think I had a, I had, I was hospitalised for a week with a um, enlarged spleen. Apparently, I was about to burst. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you should get a, maybe you should get a second opinion. See, 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 get the test for um, glandular fever. They're all pretty simple. A couple of blood tests will check you out. So eggs were the biggest thing to cut out. I, I used to have eight eggs a day. Gosh, is he gas? Is was he Gaston or something? <laughs> um, all right. Um, well, I think that'll wrap up the news there. There's not too much else to talk about other than we've got to win, I think, at least two more games this season given the results over the weekend. Another, uh, If you want another um, bit of evidence that the season's cursed, Bulldogs got a win over the Tigers this weekend <laughs> and Cowboys also got a win right on the death in their game against Newcastle. Don't know um, how Newcastle lost that one after two tries in the first ten. Yeah, that... <laughs> They did to the Cowboys what we did to them, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bit of cosmic uh, football karma. Um, well, let's jump into the previews. Shield, Guildford Hours taking on Blacktown, 1pm McCready Park, Sunday, August 5th. Um, so, Guildford Hours, I think they're running... Well, I didn't put the what they're coming at the moment, uh, but I think they're running about 6th or 7th in that competition now, so um, they'll certainly have to try to get a win over Blacktown to get back into that uh, upper echelon of the top eight. And then Wenty will be taking on Moorbank uh, Rams, 1pm, Ringrose Park, Sunday, August 5th. And that'll be followed by the Ron Massey Cup Wenty uh, standout first position in that competition against the Mounties, 3pm, Ringrose Park, on Sunday, August 5th. And now you're probably going to have a bit of a, a grind my gears segment at this flag. Um, I, I think we'll have to reach out to the club because this is an Eels home game which is being played against the Roosters Saturday, August 4th at 5.20pm at Allianz Stadium as the headliner, to, uh, sorry, as the pregame to the headliner of Roosters later that night. Now, we played this game against the Roosters at Allianz when it was their home game, uh, what, about six weeks ago. Why are we taking a, 
our home game to Allianz when we're just playing down the road at ANZ um, at the exact same time. We could have had this as the pregame. Yeah, um, so I put I saw that at the start of the season. I went, nah, no way, what's happening there? So I put out my feels at the start of the season. I got all my contacts, which is absolutely none, um, <laughs> to find out. But so the Roosters are contracted to play... Uh, so every time they play at the Sydney Football Stadium, there has to be two games on. And so, of course, this week, the 20s are playing us. So that's the game that the New South Wales Rugby League picked. And then I'm just thinking, you just you just wonder why. Like, it's an, it's an Eels home game. It should be played either at Ringrose or at uh, ANZ. Why couldn't they take... Um, you know, it's, it's then unfair to the Bears. Why couldn't they take the Wyong game there? Or swap it around so that, you know, Wyong are playing um, at home this week or the Roosters are playing at home this week and then it's it's just, it's stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. Hey, we're joined by Bertie. How you doing, Bertie? <laughs> hey, guys, finally made it after the stupid <laughs> public transport. <laughs> I won't trash the I won't trash the MP because she gave us a new stadium, but whew, you know. I don't think Berejiklian was in gov- uh, was was the um oh, was the she? state premier when no, they was, got um, the it was the guy before and they stepped down. Oh, well, screw her then! The stupid public transport. <laughs> <laughs> she was the ex transport minister actually. So if you've got a gripe, take it up with her. Uh, Uber Uber is looking very good nowadays. <laughs> well, that's not a great because um, I'm going to be catching the the train to the game this weekend. So, uh, wow, <laughs> it's free, so you really can't complain. Or you still um, can. Who cares? <laughs> definitely complain. Um, <laughs> um, so, did you want? To have, have we got the team list for this uh, flag match? Um, gosh, it was up there. Sorry, great radio here. Um, have you got the team list in front of your hand? No, but I could probably name it. So at fullback, we have uh, John Fanua. On the wings, we have Ethan Parry and Torfa Afu. Uh, Ethan Parry making his return. Uh, in the centres, we have uh, Tui Afualo and Hayes Dunster. Do you, do you want to just go on a tangent about Hayes Dunster? I, I understand the club's looking at at least bringing him on a development deal next year. Um, so in the centres, is that his long-term position for Hayes? He's played a bit of wing as well, hasn't he? Um, yeah, I, I see him as a winger. Um, he did play because he started off the year last year in twenties as a winger, and then as players returned, um, I think it was Greg Lewis who actually took his spot. He actually played, um, went back to the eighteens and played centre there. So um, I, he, de- he definitely can play both. Um, yeah, so it, I, I suppose it all depends where. Uh, a, a position opens up when he's ready to play first grade, whether he comes and plays on the wing or plays in the centres. I think he's absolutely capable of both. Um, I would like to see him as a as a winger, but they, they definitely touch the ball a lot more than centres do nowadays. Um, he's really good at raking the ball out. Um, he's nice and tall, so there's one for Birdie. I think he's probably six foot, six foot two. I don't really know in the old system, but probably about 190 centimetres tall. Um, yeah, rucks out really well. Uh, finishing ability is fantastic. Um, so yeah, it it all depends. I think he's like a, a Blake Ferguson sort of type of um, outside back where he can play the wing or centre. Um, doesn't really matter. He's just just as long as he's in the team. Similar size to Corey Oates, or not as different heavy. body shape. Different body shape. He's not a little, little bit skinnier. All right, well, jumping through the rest of that team list, uh, Sapienza and Dylan Brown makes a return, given that uh, ISP is not in action this week. Stefano, Atui uh, Kamano and Sean Kepi in the props. Aidan Carling at number nine. Again, that just shows how hooker sort of crosses across all grades. Um, but uh, another great uh, feather in the cap for Reed Marnie, who stepped up from the uh, under-20s into first grade and has got a starting position this week. Um Oregon Kafusi and Dylan Clifford starting second rowers with Steve Dresler in the lock position. Jesse Cronin, uh, Tyrone Faulkner, Michael Tupu, uh, Mitch Butfield in the bench. And the extended bench is Celesi Fyinga, uh, Nick Oklandov, and 
Tapatau Tai, Tasapale and Jane Field, all regular names that you'd expect to see there, but a couple dropping back from, from ISP this week. Yeah, they'll be absolutely huge inclusions. Um, you know, they're playing the Roosters, who are just above them on the ladder, but I think they're two or three points ahead of us. I think it's three points because they've had a draw. That's it. Um, so you sort of get back to that top five, which seems to be um, the rung there. So, you know, the the, the Kafusi, Dunster and Brown, especially Kafusi will come back a lot of confidence um, a lot more experience playing against big bodies, better trained players. Um, so it'd be a huge confidence booster for not only them, but for everyone in the team. Um, you know, they've just, just been on the cusp of winning for the past two weeks against uh, first and second. They've only been six points against the Sharks in the last two minutes. And um, the Knights, 14 points last week, but in the 20s, 14 points is nothing. It can be scored in five seconds. Um, so yeah, they've been really close against the probably the two best teams in the competition. Um, so, yeah, absolutely huge boost from them. And also, um, I'm sure you're going to touch on it, Hamish, but uh, for those wondering, uh, to play in the Jersey Flag finals, players have had to play, if they've played all season sort of thing, they have to play uh, eight games in Jersey Flag to be um, eligible to play in the final series. So... Yeah, just uh, just following on from forty, so it's a new segment. Forty was wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, was he? Because <laughs> I think he just he he said uh, they could play at any point, but uh, that's now got a little uh, uh, dash next to it saying that um, they have to add had at least played eight uh, games, which I think is it. Salmon won't be in, eligible unless he played all the remaining games this season. In Even then, I don't think fleet. he makes it. Um, but, um, Reed Mar- Marnie needs, I think, one more game. What, one, we... one for Reed and yep. Brown, um, Dunstall, all right, and Kafusi needs one more game too. Okay, so a couple of players that'll that'll need to at least play one more, and I hope the club's onto it so that they don't miss out um, because obviously. ISP went he probably aren't going to make the finals <laughs> from <No>. here. <laughs> um, but, of course, they'll play some finals in the flag. Who's in the, even if it is only... Who's sorry, in, go for, Who's in the squad that's played for any uh, ISP level? Uh, a lot. A lot <laughs> um, so just reading through that team list again, if I can get it up. Uh, Hayes Dunster played over the weekend in the um, ISP uh John Fanua hasn't as yet. No. So, Dunster, Brown, Stefano hasn't as yet. Oregon Kafusi has. Uh, and Fyinga, 18th man. Fyinga has. And he's Nick Oklanetikov, I think he's played as well, hasn't he? I think um, he might have stepped up for one game. Possibly. But then you're also looking at Salmon and, of course, Reed Marnie as well, who are, who are playing in first grade now, so... And um, Sam Stone, who I noticed is in... Uh, who, uh, not Ray Stone, sorry, who's named on our extended bench this week in the um, first grade too. So he's another player that could probably... Is he 20s eligible anymore? No, no he's, he's, he's out. Sorry, my, my yeah. apologies. Um, but uh, the other names that I mentioned are, are certainly players that could potentially play flag, but for Jamin Salmon, who's, who won't be eligible because he, he hasn't played eight games, unfortunately. So Salmon's going to be the one that's played, or him and Marty will be the one that's played all three grades this year. That's right. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a big step. Big, big step. It is a big step. And and the reason we've got you, we made sure you were on tonight, uh, Bertie, but we'll get on to that in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> um, ISP, no game this week. There's a bye. So let's move into first grade, which we'll see Eels taking 16th place. Eels taking on the Titans, who are in 12th place uh, after their unexpected win against the Warriors on the Gold Coast, which is more of a Warriors home game. Um, but they gave them a bit of a thrashing from their both their centre and um, their number six, AJ Brimson, uh, sort of stood up in that game. Um, so let's go through the team list to start off because there's a lot of changes. Um, Titans are unchanged from last week, so their team list is Michael Gordon, uh, revenge game against the Eels, potentially. <laughs> uh, on the wings, Anthony Don, Philip Sammy. In the centres, Hurrell and Brenko Lee. 
on in the halves, uh, AJ or Alexander Brimson and Ash Taylor in the forwards, Jared Wallace, Ryan James, Nathan Peets at hooker in his revenge game. And then on the uh, second row position, Kevin Proctor, uh, Keegan Hitgrave, and in the lock position, Jai Arrow. In the change bench, uh, Mitch Rain, uh, Fotu... Fotuiaka, is that how they pronounce it? Fotuiaka? Fotuiaka, I think. yeah. Something. My apologies. Yeah. Um, Stockwell, Will Matthews, um, extended bench, Leilani Latu, Brendan Elliott, Jai Whitebread, and Kane Elgie. Now for the changes in the Eels list, which has Gutherson at fullback on the wings, Bevan French, George Jennings returns from his ground injury. Um, his ground injury is less uh, impactful than a groin injury, so he's back pretty quick. <laughs> uh, centres, Michael Jennings, Jared Hayne, Corey Norman, Mitch Moses in the halves. Vave, Tim Manor in the forwards. Reed Marnie at number nine. So starting his first game as a hooker in the NRL is Reed Marnie. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Uh, had some tabs on him since before pre-season, so um, 40 and ham. Stand up and say that you've been following him for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but great work from Reed. Um, unfortunately, comes at the uh, uh, season-ending injury for Kayser with that shoulder. Um, but Reed gets to step up, and hopefully the club looks to sign him on a top 30 contract long-term if they haven't already. Um, then in the second row, Murata Neokore, Tepe Maroa, uh, lock position Nathan Brown, and our four, fifth Eels debutant this year, as predicted Ooh. by our own birdie, uh, do you want to read out that name for us, Bertie? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Jarman Sa- Seven. Jarman <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seven. And this is my friend, Sammy the Salmon. What to do? Today, we're going to teach you some fun facts about salmon and a brand new dance. Let me introduce to you a brand new dance. I know you're going to love it if you give it one chance. It's not complicated. It's not too hard. <laughs> uh, so the fish makes his debut uh, in first grade in a blue and gold jersey. Hashtag, so congratulations to the young man. Hashtag, Sorry, hashtag. Hashtag stonefish is happening, guys. Hashtag stonefish. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, and then jumping into the rest of the squad, uh, Kane Evans gets a recall. Um Penny Terrapo and Brad Takarangi get shifted back to the uh, bench. And the extended bench is Will Smith, David Gower, Greg Lalissiwout, and Ray Stone. Um, so running through those changes, which are uh, George Jennings returns, which allows Hayne to shift to centre. Brad Takarangi back to the bench. And Reed Marnie starting in hooker for Kayser Pritchard with Jamin, Sal- Jamin Salmon uh, to debut as a... Um, Bench utility. I'm not quite sure. How how do you guys think they're gonna they're gonna use uh, Salmon in this game? Um, um, Brown goes to prop, and then he'll come on as lock. Or no, that doesn't work out because Tagarin is on the bench. Um, yeah, that's, that's the only because like unless he's moving. Look, he's going to be playing back row. He's not going to be playing centre. You know, he's going to be playing in the forwards, I reckon. Or unless if we're sick of Michael Jennings and he just comes off after twenty minutes or something, and Jamin comes in, um, or, or it could be a change in the halves. We could we could do a a, a Blake Austin. What they did with Blake, Canberra did with Blake Austin a couple of weeks ago against the Dogs. Or he comes off for the last ten minutes. For Reed Marty, he gets a break, and he plays hooker. Well, Reed played sixty-seven minutes last week, so um, or unless he um, comes on, just plays in the middle, and we put Brown at dummy half, like we did a bit last year. Brad Arthur tends to forget he has like you know um, people on the bench, so especially debutants like you know, I'm not throwing shots at BA, but like yeah, I, I you know unless there's an injury, you know he's probably going to get minimal minutes, you know. Well, I think that's right. Yeah, BA yeah. doesn't sort of throw his debutants into the fire. Um, unless, so. unless it was Reed Marnie where he absolutely had to. Well, that's yeah. right. But Reed had also got a couple of games under his belt. And, and Reed takes it to what? Is it now 50% um, strike rate of getting <laughs> yep, a reportable offence? 
Um, so I think Salmon, now this is just on my calculator because Wikipedia um, on the Eels players is a bit out of date. Uh, but I think Salmon becomes the 700, uh, 794th Eels um, player, uh, with Reed Marnie being the 793rd. Um, so, there you are. We're on our way to 1,000. Almost there. Um, Almost there. No, so I just went on the Eels website. Marnie was 794, and Salmon will be 795. My apologies, there you are. I defer to him. Who was 793 then? Near Corey. Oh, Murata. Oh, that's that's who I've missed, because it goes George Jennings, 792. I miss Murata. There we are. Um, okay, well, jumping into this match, uh, I think there is a distinct weakness on that side of the field where Brenko Lee is defending. Um, I think we should be running some 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 attack down that side, and from recollection, that's their left defensive side. So I think the Don plays on Don the plays left on the... in attack, so right right in defence. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be tar- yeah. I'd be targeting. Sorry, sorry. Our our right attack, their left side. Ah, so okay, we should we, we, we should be running. Yeah, yeah. We should be running at their uh, right edge defence. Well, uh, um, with, especially with the way Tep's been playing uh, the past two weeks, we've got to throw a few short balls there early on. I think um, get Branko Lee coming up and in to help out his half there. So, yeah, I absolutely should be um, trying to exploit that right edge as much as possible. And definitely limiting Titans' uh, attacking opportunities. Uh, watching the Titans this year, whilst Ash Taylor's leading the try assists. Uh, in the competition, uh, he seems to fade out of games where where he's not in a position to be in an attacking position. So when you're making um, tons, you know, kick from their 30, 40 metre line, um, that's where you can sort of put their halves on the rack because Brimson's more of a running 5'8", and of course it's only his rookie season. Um, so you can certainly put him under pressure, but uh, the real battle's going to come through the forwards um, because the Titans do have some uh, rep quality uh, in that position. Uh, forward rotation, Kevin Proctor long time for New Zealand, Jared Wallace and Jai Arrow of course playing for Queensland, uh, Nathan Peets previously paid for New South Wales Ryan James has been on the cusp of origin for about three three years or so now um, and, and of course uh, they've got the young bloke Keegan Hickgrave in there there was a bit of word about us sort of looking at him um, he, he is not what I would call a mental giant um, so perhaps <laughs> Um, perhaps Corey Norman uh, can start baiting him throughout the game to get him to get himself sinbin twice or something like that. Or um, didn't Sam Burgess call Reed Marnie a cheeky little prick? <laughs> I wouldn't maybe, doubt maybe it. Reed, maybe Reed could get in under his ribs and you know, put some shots on there to get him sinbin twice in a game again. Yes, that would be uh, very worthwhile. Um, but I think when you look to the bench... Um, Fuduaka, Will Matthews, Stockwell, Mitch Rain, uh, they're not exactly, you know, a standout bench. Yeah, Fuduaka's, um, I think, been a surprise this year for them. I think he only came on a train and trial. He's only 18, so... Um, He's been quite good, actually. He's probably yeah. been the standout of that bench. Um, yeah, Mitch Rain has sort of done a bit of a job, but he's a bit of a ball hog. Um Will Matthews and Stockwell, I think they're just your standard, you know, fourth, uh, fifth, sixth drop props. So, but then you um, look at our bench and um, it's not that much top either, is it? <laughs> no, not really. I, th- I think uh, Jamin will have a bit of confidence being on his debut, depending how many minutes he gets. Um, oh, again, Penny Terrapo, we've got one sort of outstanding player there. Um, Kane Evans will have to definitely pick up his first grade form. He has played pretty well. Uh, for Wenchy, he didn't play last week because he was 18th man, but sort of the previous month before that, he's picked up his game. And uh, Taka, he, um, well, <laughs> good in, it's pretty good in attack, bar a few errors. Um, uh, I was talking just... to my colleague at work who's an Eel supporter, and <laughs> she just said he, he plays well for, I think, 90% of the game, and then he has two or three brain snaps and just yeah. does something stupid. <laughs> you can't, you uh, can't yes. rush into defense if you're on the bench. Smart. No, well, <laughs> smart That's very true. Gower might play. You never know. Oh, Gower. That's a potential because Gower drops out after last week, but Gower only had about 20 or so minutes in that game last week. So. Yeah, not even that. Um, all right. Yeah, well, I, let... I, I'm happy for Kane Evans to get another run. I think um, 
you know, spending a large uh, majority of the year in reserve grade, um, sort of put into his head, you know, look how big you are, you just need to run, run hard, put the pass away, um, you know, whatever you did in the preseason, if you tried to work on a pass, don't worry about it. Just use your height, use your legs, use your speed, try and bash into that line, um, and then work for a quick play the ball. And that's all we need from the bench is run hard and tackle harder, and that's yeah. it. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's go to predictions. I'll start with you, Bertie. Mystic Mac time, here we go. <laughs> I think we are going to win 28-6. to six. First try scorer is going to be uh, Tepai. And um, Salmon will come on and score a try. I like that. I like that. I like the sound of that, Bertie. Um, <laughs> um, jumping into you, Ham. Um, thirty-eight to who's their goal kicker? Is it Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Ash no, Taylor it's Gordon. Kicks. Or is oh, it Gordon? Uh, no, oh no, Gordon, Gordon has been kicking for for a large amount of this season. You're right. Twelve, so thirty-eight to twelve. Um, being as it is. The Hain Plain plate this week, or the Nathan Peets plate, or uh, the Aaron Canning's Cup. Essie Tonga. Um, Essie t- <laughs> the Essie Tonga title. Yeah. <laughs> um, all, the, all the Luke O'Dwyer. All Luke that uh, Sideshow Bob, what's, what's his name? Matt Peterson. Yep. Uh, Brett Delaney, there's another one. Yeah, all the all the players, whatever, whatever. Well, Greg Lalesiwao as well. He's a full time. There we time. go. It's too many, absolutely too many. Um, but seeing it is, I'm going to call it the Hain Plain Plate. Um, Hainsy to actually not be overruled his uh, intercept, get two tries, and he's going to you're going to bring those arms out. You're going to bring those arms out this week, Hainsy. Your stomach's feeling good. Your arms are feeling good. Your legs are feeling good. You've lost four kilos. Just put the arms out, brother. Put the arms out. Um, all right, we'll jump to me. Uh, Titans are a bit of our bogey side. So 17 games played, 11 wins to Titans, 6 wins to the Eels. I'd be a bit more confident if we were playing up at um, <laughs> at their home stadium. I don't know what it is about us playing them uh, down here, but we always seem to, to not go so well. So the previous match was us winning 30-8 to eight at ANZ Stadium. Um, I think I almost broke my TV that night because I was... <laughs> or at least my TV remote. Uh, that was such a frustrating game. Um where we just got into a grind and just couldn't score points. Um, Titans, they like to concede a try. Uh, they're conceding more points than we are per game, so that's a positive. Um, and they're only scoring an extra four points per game than we are. Um, so I think we match up all right with them, provided we can play through the forwards or at least absorb their starting rotation. Um, if we're able to do that, I think we can go on and win, but I think it'll be tight contest 1-12. to uh, Bevan French to get back into the try-scoring circle after a... Uh, how long has he been out for now? A couple of weeks. Uh, I want to seem to go look for the ball a bit more. Uh, he's been a bit f- down on form this season, poor Bevo. Uh, I think he's a bit lost. He doesn't know whether he's a fullback or a winger at the moment. Um, so, Eels 1-12, to hopefully, and I'll be down there. Um, you're going to be down there, Ham? Absolutely. And Bertie, you'll be watching from the couch. Yeah, i got a um, uh, family comes over, so hopefully I'll watch that. Yeah. I'd love to go. Honestly, I said it, what, three weeks ago. i got three games left. I don't feel like going. I, I don't know. I don't want to go and ruin my day and watch our team, you know, get smashed. So, like, you know, Soft. Oh, Soft. Oh. <laughs> Listen, the, after the public transport today, it's going to be even worse after I lost. Can you imagine taking the train back? It's going to be, like, chaos, man. It's annoying as shit. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm going to be doing the train this week instead of the um, usual car into to P1 parking. Um, if you are driving in, remember, if you show your membership when you go to pay for your ticket, if you don't pre-purchase, uh, you get it, I think you get it, what is it, 25 bucks? you get it for 15 bucks. so uh, don't forget that. Um, all right, well, this is one of our last home games of the season. Obviously, we have Dragons next week, and then we've got to play Storm away, Cowboys away, and then we have Roosters back at home. Um, so I think I can see from that two winnable games, I'll say them, 
And as stupid as it sounds, I think we can probably get one over the Dragons if we really show up to play Wait, on that what, day. What are the two winnable games, in your opinion? Titans-Cowboys. Nah, we're not going to be able to win that Cowboys game. Jonathan Thurston's last home game, we're not allowed to win that. Uh, we we'll won't be allowed. We'll wait and see. We will beat the nah. Roosters. That's my next prediction. Oh, yeah. We we never match up well against the Roosters. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they might rest, they might res, uh, not rest not resist sorry they might rest their play uh, players for semi final time so yeah. Oh, I I don't know that they haven't carried too many injuries this year. Um. Yeah, I think that's a um a very strong prediction, Verdi. I hope it pays off as well as your um five debutants. Um. All right. Well, I think that'll about wrap us up. Uh, got our predictions, done our previews, done our reviews, done our news. Uh, Bertie's given us um, some couple of lines of magic. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, plugs. Uh, so forty at forty twenty on Twitter. Uh, at the Cumberland Throw, if you want to read some of his material and some from others uh, posters at the Cumberland Throw. Uh, but uh, he's a bit tied up with paperwork after running the shop. Uh, tonight, and then of course our resident PM, still between houses, but sports first, Nambucca. Uh If you want to grab grab some Eels gear or grab some NRL gear or whatever sporting equipment, shoes, etc., you after, go visit him. Uh, ask for a discount. Uh, tell him we sent you, and then I'll jump into you, Bertie. Yeah, Twitter's uh, Bevan Heaven One. Uh, Ham, you can tune off. This is NFL talk now. Uh, yeah, over the weekend, uh, one of the the owner's son, which is like the general manager, talked talk smack about an ex-player, Des Bryant, and that blew up. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, De- Des is not happy. Des, and I'm just, like, I supported the guy. He was the reason I supported the Cowboys, one of the first players. But now I hate the bloke. Like, you don't have a go at, um, he's like a crazy ex, just get over it. Like, move on. Like, okay, the owner said that he's stupid, but you're not going to, the guy's not going to fire his son. But to come he, out, he did have a bit of a point, though. <laughs> they only ran the same play every single week. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But, like, um, but for this, but to call the um, Sean Lee a snake, that's like calling you know Tim Manor a snake or someone like he's like I don't know. It's just uh, sour grapes because when he left, when they sacked him, he pretty much said I'll verse you twice a year, thinking he'll get in one of the NFC East teams. No one wants him. He'll be lucky to play for Cleveland Browns. If I was him, I'd go to Canada and play with Johnny Manziel. So yeah, you get a CFL deal. You know, just it's just uh. What it, about the XFL? That's coming into it. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what the XFL is? Yeah, it's meant to be um, bigger, better, and crapper. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's funny how um, in the NFL, NBA, you see a lot of the players, they don't care what they tweet. And then you look at the NRL, like Isaac Luke, he tweets something, not even that, you know, uh, distasteful, and he has to get it taken down or he deletes it. Like, you know, this is where NRL should learn. Let the players, you know, talk much on, talk shit on Twitter. It gets the Have fans a character. Involved. Exactly. Have don't a be character. like... You know, don't be soft like Isaac Luke. You know, be like Des Bryant after you lose your job. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think tattoo. we've seen what happens. Uh, Jared Hayne is uh, a pariah of the NRL media, so <laughs> <laughs> that's the reverse. Um, Bertie, if you do speak your mind or, or not answer dumb questions, you're uh, hung out to dry. Um, all right, uh, him. Um, yeah, I usually do plug my Twitter. Um, and everyone knows I'm always looking for more followers, but I'm currently sitting on 69 followers, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so please don't follow me or unfollow me if you are following me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Humble stupid. brag, I've got triple figures, 107. <clears throat> I've got 69, so... But I think half of one of, one of those uh, bots... You know, Russian those... Twitter bots, aren't oh, they? Yeah. from the homeland. <laughs> Maybe it's my cousin trying, trying to, to rig your, I'm trying to rig the Australian election. Yeah. <laughs> um, Band this week, some good friends of mine, Mama J, put out a EP for four song EP on Bandcamp. So yeah, check that out. I'm about to listen to it after the podcast. Um, and one last thing we didn't touch on was the the jersey. Uh, apparently, we paid on the 27th of July <laughs> instead of the 28th. <laughs> so uh, another embarrassment coming out of that game. Uh, yeah. NFL talk. 8th of August is our first preseason game for the Green Bay Packers, so uh, not much happening until then. Um, although I think one of our tight ends went down, unfortunately, with a spe- suspected ACL. Um, so was that Graham just limit- or just the second string or third string guy? 
gosh, he, he was the fourth round pick a couple of years ago. Um, Dude, what, God, about, what about LA Chargers? They lost their, the first one at the beginning of OTAs, and they've lost another one. And now they're going to try and get back the guy they sacked, Antonio Gates. they got no that's, one. That's every year for, yeah. <laughs> for the Chargers. They always lose some big piece in the preseason for the season. Yeah. Um, th- that's a cursed franchise. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, Para podcast this week, reviewing uh, the disappointing loss to the Souths, but previewing our potential win against the Titans. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, cheers for listening. Uh, like, smash that like button, or subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter or, or at Facebook. Share the post, whatever you want to do. Give us five stars. Give, Give us five stars. stars. Give us six. Give us six. Break, break the system. Hashtag Stonefish. In- Make it happen. Alright, enjoy your rugby league and fingers crossed the uh, blue and gold boys get a win across all grades. Cheers. See you later. Yeah, see you guys. We're